This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Age of Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, you know, we want to apologize to you guys. We've uh, been pretty busy lately, but we're we're doing our best here, trying to come at you with some AEW talk. How you doing? Yes, sir. So let's get right into that AEW talk. Where we're going to talk about Rampage from January 7th. Are you ready? Let's do it. So, interim TNT title matches kick off the night. The natural Dustin Rhodes with the enforcer Arn Anderson taking, taking on the Spanish God Sammy Guevara to crown an interim TNT champion. Yeah, during uh, <clears throat> the Rampage episode, Excalibur announced the TNT champion American Nightmare Cody Rhodes has not been medically cleared to compete for the title defense against the Spanish god Sammy Guevara. Stepping in to replace Cody was his brother, the natural Dustin Rhodes, to face Sammy Guevara to crown an interim TNT champion. Yeah, what I heard about that was uh, Cody... Uh, came in contact with somebody that had COVID or he had COVID himself, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he had to go into COVID protocol and and that's why this is the way it is. I gotcha. All right, so dignitaries Humpy Wheeler and David Crockett were sitting ringside. Dustin and um, Sammy showed mutual respect by shaking hands at the start of the match. Sammy grabbed a headlock on Dustin, but Dustin would shove him off. Dustin slowed the pace, apparently needing a minute to collect himself. Sammy hit a drop kick though on Dustin, and outside the ring, Sammy rammed Dustin into a guardrail. Dustin then would fire back with knife chop, a knife edge chops. Dustin then rammed Sammy's knee into the steel ring steps, and then Dustin nailed Sammy with a pile driver onto the arena floor. Sammy pointed to his knee and barely jumped back into the ring in time to break the ref count of ten. <clears throat> Aubrey Edwards count of ten. Excuse me. <clears throat> it seemed that Dustin's strategy of slowing down the pace was paying off. Dustin then power slammed Sammy for a near fall. Daniel Garcia was watching the match from ringside. Uh, Sammy Guevara countered a monkey flip from Dustin. 
then Sammy flew through the air with his double springboard onto Dustin to the outside ring. A wobbly Sammy attempted a double springboard cutter, but Dustin would cut him off with a crossroads for a near fall. Dustin followed that up with a code red for another near fall. Dustin climbed to the top rope, uh, but Sammy ran up and grabbed Dustin and clocked him with a GTH for a near fall. Fuego Del Sol was underneath the ring and Fuego popped out and set up a, t- set up a table. Arn Anderson confronted Fuego and for, uh, Fuego retreated. Sammy connected with a pump kick on Dustin's jaw. Dustin rallied back with a Canadian destroyer off the apron, sending Sammy crashing through the table. This is awesome chance began to fill the arena. Dustin then planted Sammy with two consecutive crossroads. Uh, Dustin was looking for Tiger Driver 98, but Sammy defended himself with a thrust kick. After several several roll-up reversals, Sammy would roll up Dustin for the pin. Pro Wrestling Luminary David Crockett presented Sammy, the Guevara, Sammy Guevara with the interim title. Daniel Garcia jumped in the ring and slapped Sammy, and they began to brawl and had to be separated. What else to do, right? <clears throat> right. Crazy. Right. But uh, I, I think this is a good match all the way around. Um, and it shows heart for, from uh, Sammy Guevara, dude. And... Uh, if you think he's looking at that title like he's the interim, mm-hmm. right? You know the interim TNT champion. Good luck with that. Right after losing that title to Cody Rhodes, I don't think he's going to be any interested in giving it right back to Cody. Yeah. So we'll see what happens going forward with that. All right. Next up, we have the FTW World Championship match. FTW World Champion Absolute Ricky Starks with Powerhouse Hobbs took on Matt Seidel. What the? Computer, stop being weird. Let's scroll. There we go. Uh, Sidell got the right, got right in the face of Ricky Starks, taking the fight to him, not wanting to waste the opportunity. Sidell swept the leg and hit a standing moonsault onto Starks. Sidell rolled up Starks for a near fall. Hobbs was sitting outside holding the FTW title. Matt Sidell chopped at Ricky's legs and then hit him with a question mark kick. Uh, he capped it off with a sliding knee to uh, strike to Ricky. <clears throat> Sidell then spiked Ricky with a. Uh, Michinoku driver? Is that how you spell it? Yes. All right, for a near fall. Starks hoisted up Seidel, but Starks' leg gave out. Seidel rallied back with lightning uh, spiral uh, for a very near fall onto Starks. Seidel smashed uh, into Starks with a Meteora, and Starks placed his boot on the ropes for a uh, count break. Starks then speared Seidel and finished off Seidel with a uh, Rochambeau and scored the pin. Powerhouse Hobbs and Starks continued to beat down on Seidel after the match. Lee Moriarty sprinted to even up the odds, but Hobbs outpowered Lee. Finally, Dante Martin ran down and forced Hobbs and Starks to back down. Lord, man, there's always something happening at the end of a match where it's like, good Lord, he already won. Right. Quit beating on him. I know, it's that's crazy. But that's how those Tyus guys are doing it now. They're just beating on their opponents, especially if they feel they're far superior than them. Yeah. Or and definitely have a strength in numbers aspect going on. All right, next up, the main event is the uh, AEW Women's Title uh, Championship match. Sorry, uh, AEW World Champion Dr. Britt Baker with Rebel and Jimmy Hayter taking on Rio. Uh, before the match, Jimmy Hayter threw the championship down onto the ring canvas. Jim Ross noted it was very disrespectful on Hayter's part. Rio hit two consecutive drop kicks on Baker. She followed up with a diving crossbody press onto Rebel onto the outside. Baker fired back, though, with a sling blade onto the floor. Hader and Baker pulled the table out from underneath the ring. Rio evened up the odds, though, with a dragon suplex on Baker. Then Rio ran up the table and drop-kicked Hader, who had been uh, holding the other end of it. Uh, back in the ring, Baker was waiting for Rio and began to stomp a mud hole into her. 
Baker suplex Rio for a near fall. Rio though would rally back for a double foot stomp onto Brett Baker. Rio then blasted Baker with a big knee strike in the corner. Rio locked in Baker into a leg submission, but Baker would grab to the bottom rope to force the ref break on the hold. <clears throat> Rio then climbed to the top and turnbuckle, but Rebel was able to grab Baker and shield her. Rio jumped off the top with a double foot stomp onto Rebel. Uh, See so here, Rio tried for a double foot stomp onto Baker, but Baker moved and countered with an air raid crash. Uh, Rio avoided a curb stomp from Baker. Baker then reversed the dragon suplex from, attempt from Rio and tried to put on the uh, lockjaw. But Rio had it scouted. Rio escaped when she grabbed the bottom rope. Brent right backed with a curb stomp for a near fall on Rio for a near fall. Hater uh, tossed Brits world title into the ring when Ref Paul Turner turned around. He saw Rebel with the belt and ejected Rebel. Baker was puzzled by the interference from Hater and turned to ask her what was going on. Or what she was doing, sorry. Rio dropkicked Baker into Hater, knocking Hater off the ring apron. Rio hit a uh, crucifix bomb and then the Northern Lights suplex on Baker for a near fall. Rio charged at Baker, but Baker kicked up at Rio. Baker curb stomped Rio and then applied the lockjaw, forcing Rio to tap out and to retain her title. Boy, man, what what a match. And, and you know, and finally, Britt Baker gets a win on Rio. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. How many, how many matches did they have where she was on the losing end against Rio? Yeah. Quite a few, but it seems like she's going to start being more like uh, Charlotte in the fact, though, if that title's on the line. Yeah, <laughs> if the title's on the line, Britt Baker's... <clears throat> hard to She's beat. got game, man. She's good to go. Yep. All right, man. Are you ready to switch it over to Dynamite? Well, let's do it. First up, we had CM Punk taking on the War Dog Wardlow with MJF. What a great way to start the night, huh? Oh, yeah. Punk and Wardlow locked up, and Wardlow shoved Punk into the turnbuckles. <clears throat> they locked up again and put up and put a applied uh, side headlock. Wardlow shoved Punk into the ropes and then plowed Punk with a shoulder tackle. CM Punk retaliated with hard strikes and a kick to the midsection. Wardlow would fight back, though, ramming his shoulder into Punk, who was cornered in the turnbuckles. Uh, Punk then chopped it at the outside of outside thigh at Wardlow with stiff kicks. Wardlow quickly tried to put Punk through his power bomb of sympathy, but Punk had it scouted, and Punk headed to the outside of the ring to collect his thoughts. Punk tried for a tornado DDT off the turnbuckles, but Wardlow threw him right off and halfway across the ring. Wardlow tried for a power bomb, but Punk escaped and assaulted Wardlow with uh, kicks. Excuse me. Wardlow barely budged, though. Uh, Punk then connected with springboard clothesline and took Wardlow off his feet finally. Punk charged in with a running knee strike in the corner on Wardlow. Punk took a moment to pop MJF the middle finger. <laughs> Wardlow uh, seized the opportunity, though, and powerbombed Sam Punk, then another powerbomb, and then a third powerbomb, and then a fourth powerbomb, and then a fifth powerbomb. Wardlow went over to Punk for the pin, but MJF jumped onto the apron and stopped Wardlow, saying he wanted one more powerbomb. Wanted more power bombs. Sorry, Wardlow and then power bombs, power bomb CM Punk again. MJF ordered Wardlow to do it again. Wardlow planted P Punk with a seventh power bomb. MJF cleared off the times table and commanded Wardlow power bomb Punk through it. Wardlow picked up Punk, who was dead weight at this point, and then smashed him through the table, breaking the table in half. Doctor Samson checked on Punk at ringside. Punk barely managed to make it back into the ring, just beating Ref Aubrey's count of ten. MGF ordered Wardlow to powerbomb power bomb Punk again. However, Punk would roll up Wardlow in a small package and score the pin. MJF shoved Wardlow after the match and screamed at Wardlow, saying Wardlow can never win the big match. MJF poked at Wardlow, but Wardlow, uh, Wardlow grabbed MJF's fingers. The chairman, Sean Spears, ran down on the ramp and jumped into the ring, separating Wardlow from MJF. 
Yeah, I think Warlow is getting tired of being MJF's, you know, uh, henchman. I right? think that he's ready to go out on his own and do his own thing. And uh, Absolutely. I noticed when watching this match that Warlow was kind of looking at MJF like, really, you want me to powerbomb him again? Right. And then, like, when he went to put him to the table, he's just looking at him like, okay, I guess I'll do it, but I don't really care to. But Yeah. You know, it's... And, and really, it was it was MJF's fault that that Orlo actually lost the match because of the distraction of, of him even being at ringside. I think that uh, that if it wasn't for him being there, Orlo would have would have beat CM Punk hands down. Probably it sounds like it. He had controlled that match all the way through until you know, or for most of the way through. Punk yeah. did have that little bit of offense and knocked Wardlow off his feet, but yeah. for the most part, Wardlow was taking care of the match yeah. and had it basically won until MJF got overzealous and stepped his bounds with Wardlow, and finally Wardlow's had enough of his crap, and it's a good thing because Wardlow's it's a good beast. thing. He's a beast, and MJF needs to quit running his jaw and, and, uh, and be a man about it and take care of his own business. Absolutely. All right, next up, Dante Martin took on Team Taz's powerhouse Hobbs, accompanied by FTW champion, Absolute Ricky Starks. <clears throat> Dante Martin would sprint down to the ring, and he and Hobbs began slugging out before the bell even rang. Uh, Dante uh, drop-kicked Hobbs to the outside. Hobbs planted Dante, though, on the arena floor with a spine buster. Hobbs hoisted up Dante in a vertical suplex position and then slammed him down onto the mat. And then he did it for a second time for good measure. Dante, though, would rally back with left and rights, but Hobbs would clothesline Dante back to the mat. Hobbs tried to pick up Dante off the mat, but Dante uh, kicked Hobbs in the ribs. Hobbs then clubbed Dante with a huge forearm. Hobbs ran into Dante with a massive crossbody block uh, like, a runner, like a runaway truck. Hobbs hurled Dante into the corner. Dante hit the turnbuckles with so much force, uh, the momentum carried up and out of the ring. Carried him up and out of the ring. There we go. Dante desperately elbowed Hobbs. Uh, Dante then jumped onto Hobbs, but Hobbs caught him with a torture rack. Dante escaped and followed that up with missile drop kicks at Hobbs. Dante uh, took out Hobbs on the outside with a beautiful tornillo. Uh, Hobbs then collided with Dante, but Hobbs, yeah, but failed to capitalize. Starks uh, snuck to the outside, or snuck onto the ring apron, about to attack Dante with a cheap shot, but Jay Lethal ran down and prevented Starks from interfering. Dante jumped onto the top turnbuckle and finished off Hobbs with his nose bleeder finisher. Dante Martin pinned Hobbs and Lethal walked out, uh, walked to the back with Dante Martin. Yeah, man, I know at the end of this match that uh, they were both looking at each other in confusion. Like, what was he in there? They said to each other, what is he doing here? Like, why is he even getting involved in this? Right. Um, but I, I think it's a good thing, you know. Uh, Dante Martin is a very athletic young man, and uh, Jay Lethal sees that. And uh, he came out to even up the odds and <clears throat> and uh, help him out. So there Absolutely. you go. All right. Next up, we had an interview session with Alex Marvez and Chris Jericho in the uh, inner circle backstage. Eddie Kingston though interrupted Jericho. Kingston and Jericho were, was uh, preventing Santana and Ortiz from being world champions. Jericho told Kingston in his own uh, to mind his own business. Hager and Santana and Ortiz would walk off. Jericho told Kingston if Kingston or 2.0 interfered. In Sammy's match tonight, Jericho would come for Kingston. Then we had MJF walk out onto the ramp. MJF would state, Punk, you're a fluke victory tonight. You or you had a fluke victory tonight. But next week, I'm going to make sure you take your first L. Next week, it's CM Punk versus Sean Spears. 
Yeah, and during that interview, he made it sound like the whole time it was going to be him. Right. At the very end, he goes, Sam Punk versus Sean Spears. And I was like, yeah, that figures. Right. So, eventually, they will walk up. And I think that uh, MJF's going to be eating all the words he's been uh, putting out there. So Absolutely. All right, next up, AEW World Tag Team Champion Adam Page came out to the ring. So Page would state the past two months he spent 90 minutes in the ring against one of the best in the world, and he poured sweat and spilled enough blood to float a battleship for his championship, and it's still his, or it's still mine. Uh, but 90 minutes is not enough. It's a new year. The records have reset, and Hangman needs a new challenger. American American top teams Dan Lambert interrupted Hangman uh, Adam Hangman interrupted Adam Hangman Page. Sorry, Hangman Adam Page. <clears throat> Whatever. That is what they call him. I don't like it that way. The thing I respect most about you is that you didn't uh, didn't politic like Cody Rhodes. You've earned everything you've had in this business with the exception of your persona. The guy in the village people can put a cowboy hat on, but it doesn't make him a cowboy. For the love of God, stop disrespecting the legacies of Dick Murdoch's or the Blackjack Mulligans. Um, You are just full of cowboy or You are just full of cowboy shit. (laughs) Page would reply back, Why don't you come into this ring and show me those size 12 cowboy boots up your... Also, let me shove these size 12 cowboy boots up your ass. Mur- Murder Hawk lands Archer Storm down to the ring and attacked the world champion uh, with his steel chair. Archer then planted Page onto the steel chair with a back out slam. Or blackout slam. He also did mention in the, in the interview that he uh, grew up on a cattle on a cattle ranch, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, he does know about being a cowboy, and <clears throat> you know, not not all your cowboys come from Texas and 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 things like that. They come from West Virginia, Oklahoma, places like that. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Tony Schiavone was backstage and to interview Arn Anderson with Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. Arn said they were in Horseman Country. Tully Blanchard and FDR, though, would interrupt them, and they challenged Brock and Lee to a match next week, and, of course, was accepted. So we've got Brock and Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson versus FTR next week. Me interesting. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right, back to action. Yikoro Shida versus the professor, Serena Deeb. As Shida was making her entrance, Deeb blindsided her and clipping Shida's knee. Deeb smacked Shida with Shida's kendo stick. Deeb then dropped Sheeta knee first on the uh, onto the steel uh, ring steps. Uh, Deeb then swarmed Sheeta and stomped a mud hole in her. Deeb then used a dragon screw on the ropes onto Sheeta. Uh, let's see here. Deeb then tore off the tape from Sheeta's knee. Deeb then slapped, uh, slammed Sheeta's knee into the mat repeatedly. Referee Paul Turner had to stop the match. After the match, Dr. Sampson and ref Paul Turner were checking on Sheeta. Deeb would jump into the ring and break the kendo stick over Hikaru Sheeta. Yeah, man, there's some bad blood between these two ladies, and right. uh, you know it's it's pretty sad when you gotta beat somebody from the gang of the match. You know, blindsiding her, and then of course Hikaru Shida is who she is and wanted to continue with the match. So right. the beatdown continued. It was it wasn't pretty to watch. I will say that absolutely craziness as always. All right, Tony Schiavone was backstage with Christian Cage and the AEW World Tag Champs, Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy, any top five team, anytime we want to challenge. John Silver and Alex Reynolds asked for a match this Friday on Rampage. Jurassic Express would agree. 
yeah, this was this is cool, and I can't wait to see it. The Dark Order versus you know Jurassic Express. It's gonna be a good match. Yes, sir. All right, next up, Matt Hardy uh, with party uh, Private Party, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy taking on Penta L Zero L Zero Medio with Alex Abrejantes. I actually caught you watching this match. This was a pretty good match for. It was a good match for all the things I saw. Hardy would take down Penta, with, but Penta would uh, charge at Maddie and fire and fire to chop at him. I'd say Maddie. It's Hardy. My bad. <laughs> uh, then Penta hit a couple of sling blades on Matt Hardy. He used a rib breaker on Hardy for a near fall. Hardy then countered the fear factor with a DDT onto Penta. Hardy was looking for a suplex, but Penta would uh, slide underneath of it. And then Penta climbed back up and uh, dropped, uh, dropped a double stump onto Hardy. There we go. They traded chops on the edge of the ring. Penta was looking for the fear factor on the apron, but Hardy would escape it. Hardy dropped Penta with a side effect onto the apron. Hardy then attempted a twist of fate, but Penta had it scouted. Penta then was shoved off the turnbuckles by Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy tried for a moonsault, but Penta moved out of the way. Penta spiked Matt Hardy with a fear factor and then pinned Hardy for the victory. After the match, Penta had a message from Malachi Black. He said he was going to teach Black about respect. The lights turned off in the arena, and when the lights came back, Malachi was in the ring. Black blasted Abrahantes with a roundhouse kick, and he attacked Penta. The Varsity Blondes and Julia Hart ran down to the ring to even up the odds. Julia Hart motioned to the ball, uh, for the Blondes to stop. The lights went out again. This time when they turned on, Brody King was in the ring. King and Black wiped out the Varsity Blondes. Yeah, man, this Brody King, dude, he's from Ring of Honor, and uh, he's a big, big dude. Big free agent signing for AEW, and sure. uh, it's gonna be be cool to see him and Malachi Black, and uh, well, kind of see a little bit more of the sadistic side keep going with him, and maybe he'll grow his faction a little bit more, and right. and keep doing what he's doing. I, I like it. I honestly thought that when Black came in, he was gonna be like the leader of the Dark Order or something, but right. I like what he's doing on his own. It's pretty cool. Absolutely, it's gonna be interesting to see. As the House of Black expands. <laughs> yes. All right, next up, the acclaimed Matt Caster, Max Caster, sorry, and Anthony Bowens taking on Bear Country, Bo, uh, which is Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder, sorry. Bowens and Caster use a combination offense on Bear Bronson. Caster jumped off the ropes with a diving crossbody. Uh, Bear Bronson squashed, squashed Bowens, though, by sitting on him. Bronson then tagged in Bear Boulder. Bear Boulder bounced the acclaim off the mat. With a double flatliner, Bear Country tried for a bear bomb, but Caster would pull uh, Bowens out of the way. Caster then distracted the ref while Bowens pulled Bronson's uh, throat across the ropes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Max then hit a, a mic drop and pinned Bronson. As they claimed we were walking to the back, it began to snow. Sting walked out to, onto the ramp. Darby Allen launched himself with a skateboard at Caster. Sting attacked Bowens and hit a boom and hit the boom box with the baseball bat. Sting nailed Caster with a scorpion death drop. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm not big fans of the acclaim, so I was kind of happy to see see Sting and Darby Allen come out and uh, wipe him out because mm-hmm. I, I I literally thought that Bear Country had this match because they were they're the bigger men and it made more sense. But uh, you know how they you know how wrestling is sometimes. So. Absolutely, it's just craziness. Honestly, at times. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Tony Schiavone. Oh, sorry. A video package aired first uh, of the bastard Pac. 
Uh, Pac was blindfolded. You might have blinded me, but now I see everything. And it's funny. I'm not angry. I appreciate the blessing. Now my perspective is different, and my vision has never been so clear. He's man. coming after Malachi. The bastard Pac, man. Oof. And him and Malachi Black, they're going to have some good matches. Dude. They've already had some good matches, so this is, you know... I mean, he sprayed that he sprayed that mist or whatever into his eyes, but you know, it's this makes for a good rivalry. I like it. Yes, sir. All right, now it's Tony Schiavone interviewing Matt Hardy backstage. Hardy, maybe I'm focusing too much on the future of AEW instead of myself. Something has to change. Andrade walked onto the scene with Jose, the assistant. He told Matt Hardy he wanted to work together with Hardy. Hardy then said, "I'm intrigued. I'd love to talk some more." Let's go to my office. Yeah, he was back there with his tag team, and uh, he told them to stay. He kind of like motioned for them to stay, stay where they were. That he was gonna go talk to Andrade by himself, and uh, you know, Andrade was talking about, "Well, you like money and all that, don't you?" And Matt's like, "Of course, I like money." And like, let's go talk. All right. So we'll see what happens with this. It might, it might be, might be a good, good. Uh, thing for Matt Hardy but I, I don't know I don't trust I don't trust Andrade for nothing so I don't think anybody trusts Andrade for right nothing. but when you're gonna start talking money you at least want to listen yeah when it comes to money alright so we had an interim tag team uh, TNT sorry not tag TNT championship match as the interim tag team champion Sammy Guevara took on the Red Death Daniel Garcia <clears throat> Garcia and Sammy would chain wrestle to start the match Garcia dropped Sammy with a big right hand. Garcia continued the onslaught with elbows and kicks. Sammy fired back with a kick to Garcia's spine. Sammy then sent Garcia to the outside and then jumped over the top rope and crashed onto Garcia. Sammy tried to, for the GTH, but Garcia would escape. He caught Sammy midair with a breaker. Sammy then rallied back with a double springboard senton onto Garcia to the outside ring. Garcia would pull Sammy off the top rope and follow that up with a backdrop driver for a near fall. Sammy pulled Garcia into the in, in, into an inside cradle for a near fall. Garcia, though, blocked a GTH and stepped through with a scorpion death lock. Sammy reached for the ropes and and was the, and the hold was broken. Sorry, Garcia challenged at Sammy, but charged at Sammy, but Sammy would dodge him. Sammy spiked Garcia with a crossroads for a near fall. Sammy attempted a double jump into a into the cutter, but Garcia would catch him and pull him back with a bulldog choke. Uh, Garcia then hit a pile driver on Sammy for a near fall. 2.0 attacked Kingston and then Chris Jericho. Uh, Sammy, Gar- uh, Sammy knocked out Garcia with a GTH and then pinned him. As David Crockett presented the belt to Sammy, 2.0 would attack Sammy from behind. Jericho, though, cleaned house with his baseball bat. Kingston jumped into the ring and uh, ref Bryce Remsburg had to separate Kingston and Jericho. Yeah, man, this was actually a really good match. Um, I'm actually liking this Daniel Garcia kid. Mm-hmm. He's like 22 years old. And he's just a fighter, dude. He just fights, mm-hmm. and you know, I, it was it was a good match to watch. Um, at the end of it, though, of course, you know, too many people in one one area, and chaos is gonna consume and break loose, and right. and it did. And uh, I think that we will end up seeing Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho very soon, very soon, because. It's starting to boil over, dude. Absolutely. And then it was announced, what was it, on Dynamite that uh, 
Cody Rhodes will be back this next Dynamite. This is going to be an interesting yes. thing because he's claiming to be still TNT champion. You got interim TNT champion Sammy Guevara. That's going to have to lead to a match, isn't it? I would think so, and I think that, to be honest, I don't believe in interim anything. So, well, I mean, the fact that they did it and his brother lost means I think Sammy should be the uh, champion. That's just me. I mean, if you can't if you can't compete and uh, and uh, I'd like say somebody gets injured, right? Mm-hmm. You can no longer compete to to take care of your title, right? Right. And therefore, you have to vacate the title. Therefore, you have to vacate the title, and there's a match done to crown a new champion. Right. I mean, to me, that's the way they should have done it if they were going to do it that way. I mean, other otherwise, for the longest time, you've technically had interim Universal champions on WWE because, yeah, you know, uh, Roman. No, before him. Well, before the first one. The Demon Finn King. Finn Balor? Finn Balor. Never lost his title. Whoa, bro. I don't know. I had a brain fart. Brain fart? Yeah, big time. Finn Balor never lost his title. He had to vacate it. So, yeah. it was all the champions since then before he actually right, got right. to challenge Roman? Were they all interims then? Right. <laughs> because that would be the and case. he never actually got a, another real title shot. I don't care what anybody says. That match, yeah. That match was crap. And uh, I, I don't believe it. So. Yeah, that was... Stupid, but I think if anybody had a shot to beat Roman, it would have been him. So then you're still saying that everybody's interim Universal Champion yep. until Finn Balor gets a legit yep, chance. Until, until Finn Balor gets the title back. Until he gets a legit shot at getting it back. Yep. All right. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with AEW with that going forward. Um, and you never know. We had Brody King. There could be more surprises on the horizon. Rumors keep floating around that there's a couple guys that could be coming up. Um, I don't know, based off um, Jeff's release, if he's got a 90-day no-compete clause. That's, that's usually how it works. Well, so. is it that or is he voided because he, they the way they let him go? It wasn't a normal let go. No, I think even if you're even if you're let go... Like that? Even under the circumstances that he was... Mm-hmm. I still believe there's a 90-day no-compete no clause. Which still, that's going to be pretty... We're pretty close because he was let go in November, wasn't he? Yep. So, so we're getting close to that. That's going to be the end of next month. So, right? Yeah. December. It January. just sucks because I thought Matt Hardy was coming into AEW as the broken Matt Hardy. He originally and, was. Yeah, and now the, what they've done with him, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? This is... Well, to me, I thought it was, I think it's dumb because, you know, money, Matt Hardy, it's like, no, no, that's not Matt Hardy style at all, so. Well, if Jeff ends up coming over to AEW, I guess we'll find out for sure what happens there. Definitely, man, definitely. All right. So that'll do it for us with AEW Talk. We'll be back again with WWE Talk. We've got some basketball talk to get caught up on. A little bit of baseball talk. They did have a, um, a chat this week. Uh, between the Players Association and league officials to see about what we're going with the collective bargaining agreement. So we'll touch on that for a little bit. Ooh, yes, buddy. <laughs> and then, of course, again, um, football talk, of course, as always. Because oh, man, football talk is heating up, baby! That's right, playoff time. It's already been crazy. 
Can't wait to talk about that. So we got that and much more. And as always, keep on talking sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 